Welcome to another David McCracken Ministries podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. I want to talk to you about encounter. Does that show up anywhere? Encounter. What do I mean by encounter? I mean an encounter with the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about a moment in which you are engaged with the Spirit of God, the heart of God, and the result is a life-changing, divine, supernatural intervention. You know that you know and you know that you know you have just touched God. God has just touched you. And suddenly what you were not capable of yesterday, you are capable of tomorrow. And it's got nothing to do with passing another degree or gaining more experience. You've had a Holy Spirit encounter that's fundamentally changed who you are and what you're capable of. I want to open up with four statements. Number one, without such an encounter, there can be no revelation. And friends, we have got to be men and women that live out of revelation. I'm saying this to the church in the West, we've got to understand something. We can have all the expertise in the world and all the training in the world, and, and we, but, but unless we hear from God, what we do cannot be eternal. Eternal fruit comes out of the whispers of heaven. There has got to be revelation. Encounter enables revelation. Number two, without that place of encounter, there's no empowerment. There's no supernatural unction. There's no supernatural empowerment to fulfill what it is that God has asked you to do. Number three, most important, that place of encounter, that moment of encounter will fundamentally change who you are and therefore will change what you are capable of. Number four, that place of encounter qualifies you to become, listen, a transformer. What do I mean by that? You know, uh, uh, there's these huge electricity pylons that crisscross our nation and some of them underground and stuff. They, they tell me that those wires can, can uh, contain between 400,000 volts and three quarters of a million volts. And yet your household will run on 240 volts. Now, friends, what is a transformer? It's that thing that you find in neighbourhoods, uh, steel box that hums all the time, you know, and it's got a little fence around it and you know not to go near it because if you ever tap into it, you'll land on Mars. <laughs> so so uh, um, there's uh, three quarters of a million volts are coming into that thing and then it dispenses it to all these thousands of homes at 240 volts. What is a transformer? A transformer is that which is able to receive indescribable power, but dispense it in a manner and a way that can benefit mankind. And you are called to be a transformer. (laughs) Acts chapter one. Let's go, we're gonna read quite a bit of scripture this morning. Acts chapter one, verse eight. Very well known scripture, but listen to what it's actually saying but you shall receive power. Think of the transformer in your brain. You shall receive 
power. The Greek word dynamis, literally translated supernatural or miraculous force. You shall receive supernatural, miraculous force, power when, when, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you'll be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, etc. He didn't say you'll be witnesses for me or of me. He says you'll be witnesses to me. In other words, it's not just talking about witnessing about Jesus. It's talking about me being a living representation of who He is. And I carry such power in my life that people that look at me and know me, and the more they get to know me, the more they're seeing Him. I am a signpost to Him. And he said, you'll be living signposts that direct people to who I really am. And here we have in this room, tax collectors and fishermen and carpenters and, shut and huddled together in this one room with an uncertain future, not knowing which way was up. And suddenly they become life changers, world changers. They become people that can walk out of that room and start talking languages that they'd never learned before in their lives and began to heal people and do supernatural acts that mankind could never even attempt. And, and you think, these are the same people. What had happened to them? They had had an encounter. And that encounter fundamentally changed who they were and what they were capable of. That encounter qualified them as a transformer. And the power of God was able to be invested and distributed. Friends, listen to me. The encounter empowers you to be. Let's get to some examples. John chapter 20. I love this story. John 20, uh, John 20, verse 24, 25. Now Thomas called the twin, one of the 12 was not with them when Jesus came. This is after the cross. Um, the other disciples therefore said to him, we have seen the Lord. So he said to them, awesome, great. Oh, that's amazing. Nah. Now, what he said to them was, listen, if I can't put my finger into the palm of his hand and into his side, I will not believe. And it was almost like, a, I'm not going to believe. So here's this man, the great testimony of his life. I will not believe. Go on to the next verse. And after eight days, his disciples were again inside. But this time Thomas was with them. Jesus came, the doors being shut and stood in the midst and said, peace be to you. <laughs> then he said to Thomas, okay, reach that finger. Here's my hands, here's my side. Will you stop being an unbeliever and start being a believer? And he said, oh, my Lord and my God. Okay, and here this man, which we call Doubting Thomas, this man that was personified by the confession of his own lips, I will not believe suddenly becomes an apostle of incredible faith that blazes across Asia, is, a, is the apostle to the whole nation of India in staggering signs and wonders and amazing things took place. And you think that's the same man? What happened to him? Oh, you had an encounter. You see, the first time, oh, please hear me because I didn't say it in the first service. The first time he had not gathered 
The first time, he didn't think it was necessary to be there. The first time, he didn't draw aside. He kept momentum of life going. He didn't stop. He didn't draw aside. He wasn't there. And the fruit of that was, I will not believe. But the second time, he saw the need. He, something of hunger was created inside of him. And he says, next time those guys gather, I'm going to have to be with them. And he was with them. And because he positioned himself, they came into his own encounter. And it transformed who he was and what he was capable of. He became a transformer. Exodus chapter 3. Moses at the burning bush. And a flame of fire was in the midst of the bush. I'll paraphrase it a little bit, but I love it when it says that he saw this burning bush, this miracle, because the bush wasn't consumed. And then this phrase, and so when the Lord saw that he turned aside, when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, then God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and Moses said, here I am. But my friends, listen to me, God was waiting for something. God was waiting for something. Not until he saw that he turned aside to look, to what? To lean into, to make himself available, to stop the momentum of what he was doing, to be able to get close to that burning bush. Not until God saw that did God speak. Don't envy the lives of those who show the fruit of encounter. Pay the price to have your own encounter. He's always speaking, but will you turn aside? Because Moses had an encounter that fundamentally changed who he was and therefore what he was capable of. He became a transformer, a conduit of power. Judges 14. So a shepherd becomes a leader of a nation with Moses. But look at Judges 14. So in verse 5, Samson went down to Timnah with his father and mother, came to the vineyards of Timnah. Now, to his surprise, the original says to his utter shock, <laughs> to his surprise or utter shock, a young lion came roaring against him. So he never actually anticipated this. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. And he tore that lion apart as he would have torn apart a young goat. I'm not sure how you do that. Though he had nothing in his hand. Friends, Samson went from being a self-willed, troublesome son to his parents to becoming a lion killer an army destroyer, a deliverer to his nation. In, in, in next to no time, the man's utterly transformed. How? Oh, he had an encounter. The phrase, the phrase in verse six, the spirit of the Lord came upon him. What happened in the upper room? Ah, oh, the spirit of the Lord came upon him. Not only changed him, but it changed what he was capable of. He became a transformer, a conduit of power. Judges chapter 6, verse 33. 
Then all the Midianites and Amalekites and the people of the east gathered together and they crossed over and camped in the valley of Jezreel. And they tell us, the scripture says, that there were so many multiple hundreds of thousands they couldn't even be numbered. They were cooked. But then this, but the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. He blew a trumpet, they gathered around him, and they had a supernatural breakthrough. You know the story. 300 people gathered uh, with Gideon, and 300 were able to vanquish hundreds of thousands of them. How is that possible? How, how is it possible that Gideon, who uh, the Bible records was the least in his father's house, his father's house was the least in the clan, and the clan was the, clan was the least in the tribe. I mean, you call, talk about insignificant. He was the least of the least of the least. And suddenly overnight, he's an overcoming general and a leader of a nation. Why did they even follow him? They wouldn't. I'll tell you one thing. They would never have followed him, this insignificant nobody. But something happened to him that so fundamentally changed who he was that the moment he opened his mouth and blew a trumpet, people that didn't even know he existed felt compelled to gather. I think it's amazing that you have uh, uh, Joshie Chaco coming, uh, you have uh, Mark Varagis coming, you know, two completely humble, unassuming men but the moment they open their mouth, things shift globally. Uh, uh, demons scream out in terror. I tell you what, they've got authority in their little fingernail. But what, it, what makes a person encounter? And the Spirit of the Lord comes upon that individual and fundamentally changes who they are and what they're capable of. You become a transformer. Now, I, I know some of you know this story so well, for, bear with me, but many don't. But 22 years ago, they, they told me that all my major arteries, most of my subsidiaries were multiply blocked. They could do nothing for me medically. And they couldn't do a bypass because they said to my wife, well, what on earth do we bypass from or to? The man is cooked. So I, uh, don't get excited, sit in a rocking chair, that's it for you. And since then, I have traveled the world. I've been in some of the toughest nations of the globe and I'm loving life at 71 years of age and I'm planning the next 20 or 30. And, uh, and, and, but my friends, what, what happened? What happened? Well, I'll tell you what happened when someone looks across the step, uh, the table at you and say, you got, your miserably short, little, highly restricted life. You go home, you get down on your knees and it's not some religious little prayer session, I can tell you that. God, Father, you gotta speak to me. And he did. And he directed me to that very scripture in Judges 14 about Samson and the lion because I said, Father, this thing has been sent to devour me and there's nothing I can do. 
and he showed me that scripture and the Spirit of the Lord came. And I knew in that instant that my father was in control and I just utterly surrendered the rest of my life in unconditional surrender. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon me and I'll tell you what, I had a moment of encounter with the heart of my father and I walked out of there and there was no concern left whatsoever. I came out, I said, "Hun." Don't even worry about it one more time. I said, I'm going to live till I'm 105. I'm going to preach till I'm 103. And I said, and we're going to enjoy life. And my friends, I have loved life ever since. But it wasn't humanly possible. And that's my point to you. Something fundamentally changed who I was and therefore what I was capable of. It was an encounter with the Holy Ghost. 10 months ago, I received a prophetic word and I thought, how, oh, this is crazy. I'm not gonna get carried away with this sort of thing. And it said, you, you have to position, you have to be available to speak into apostolic leaders of movements around the world. And I said, yeah, who are you looking to? Who are you talking to? But then it was confirmed a few more times. And and so I realised my father was saying something, but I I felt so desperately inadequate. I got down on my knees and I said, Father, I wouldn't even know what to say. Oh, God. I did. I felt desperately insufficient. My father just said, it's not all about you. I just need the vessels fully surrendered and available. That's all I need. And I, and I had a moment of encounter when it, it's like the veil was parted. My father and I were just so intimately, like hours just passed like moments and it was just such an intimacy with my father's heart. And I got out of that room and I have done nothing. And I do mean nothing to make it happen. But in the last six months, I've spoken to more apostolic leaders around the globe than I have in the last 52 years. And it amazes me every time. But my father, you see, why? What happened? I'll tell you what happened. I sound like a parrot, but I'll tell you. I had an encounter. And it fundamentally changed who I was and therefore what I was capable of by His grace. You're getting a hold of this because I have a question to you this morning. What's determining your future? What's determining your expectations of 219, 220, 225? Where are you coming from? Are you getting determined by what life has told you about you? What history tells you you're capable of? What your disposition or your training or your expertise tells you you are capable of? Or is it going to be the fruit of a supernatural encounter? I want to now just talk about five lies. The lies that keep you from having an encounter. Quickly now, number one. Lie number one, it's not for everyone, you know. God does have favourites. That's a lie. The promise of the Holy Spirit is to all who hunger and thirst. 
Number two lie. Well, I guess I have to be content with who and what life has made me to be. That's a lie. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. And the Bible tells me that within the context of my Father's intention, nothing is impossible. If I didn't believe that, I wouldn't have the schedule I've got this year coming up. Nothing is impossible. Lie number three. Well, after all, you know, it's your calling. It's your calling that determines the degree to which you can experience the supernatural. That's a lie. It's a lie because it doesn't matter whether a person is a carpenter, a bricklayer, a tax collector, an evangelist, or, or it doesn't matter who they are, a student. It doesn't matter because the only thing that God is responding to is humility and hunger. Lie number four. Bad one. Lie number four. Big time in the Western world, including in the Western world church. I can do it myself. With my kind of experience, with my kind of gifting, with my kind of expertise. You know what? I've studied for this. I'm more than sufficient. I I can do this thing. Oh, yes, I want my father to anoint it, of course, of course. But I, I know I'm capable. Lie. That's a deception. A deception that will keep you imprisoned to the limitations of your humanity for the rest of your life. Do you want to go through the rest of your life limited to what you can do? I'd be in a pine box if I did that. I didn't even finish high school. And I found myself speaking to people that had so many Doctors and PhDs and MAs after their name, they needed two business cards to hold it up. Without a clue what to say to them. See, you're not limited to what you can do. There's only one limitation to the fully surrendered vessel. And that's the limitation of his intention. I can do anything he asks me to do. Well, the last lie is the other end of the spectrum. I, I, I guess I'm just not good enough. I know me. I know how I mucked it up last month, last year. I'm, I'm not good enough to experience such an encounter. I'd have to become a better person to have that kind of an encounter. That's a lie. Because it's utterly irrelevant what you did last week, last month, last year. It's irrelevant. There is only one thing God responds to this morning and that is humility and hunger. Unconditional surrender and abandonment. That's what he responds to. He says when you've mucked that up, he says, come boldly before the throne of my grace. So I'm going to work towards a close here. But it starts with hunger. My friends, your burning bush awaits you. Don't envy others. There isn't one person in this room, listen to me. There's not one person in this room that's more important than any other person in this room. 
My Father loves you for who you are. And, and, and the fruit, the fruit of a genuine encounter. People ask me, what, what, if you had to single out one thing, what is the greatest revelation you've ever received other than salvation, etc.? What keeps you pumping like a teenager? I'll tell you what, I've had a revelation that he's actually my father. I'm actually his son. Oh, you mean you feel like a son? I didn't say that. I'm actually his son. Now, my Bible says that I'm born of his incorruptible seed. I'm not like a son to him. I am his son. And so are you. You are his daughter. He doesn't look to you like some sort of secondhand goods. He looks to you as the apple of his eye. He's not withholding anything from you. But he needs your hunger. He needs your surrender. He needs your humility and your cry. Thanks for listening. For more content, head to our website, davidmccracken.org.